Welcome to From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. An audio celebration of the films based on Marvel Comics characters released before and during the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Enough said. Facefront True Believers, this is George Soroy, and welcome to the latest episode of From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios, brought to you by the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge, which is recording, editing, and posting an episode of a podcast every day throughout the month of November. In the case of From Duck Till Dark, we're going to be going a little bit past November and into December, since there are more than 30 different films that have been released before and during the run of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we got uh, our first sequel this time around. As I'd said before, after a really interesting and very, very rocky start of the Marvel movies on the big screen, especially since there were four movies that started this off and only one of them actually made it to U.S. screens, which was Howard the Duck, and its own failure to recoup its full box office was a big reason why the other movies did not really fail to materialize outside of other than the other than international theaters. And in the case of Fantastic Four, not even making it to any. But in August of 1998, we were given Blade. David S. Goyer was adamant in making sure that this property was taken seriously as was actor and co-producer Wesley Snipes. And Stephen Norrington really delivered one hell of a movie when all was said and done. It's got a really great visceral impact to it, retained a lot of the midnight movie qualities that you can see in the other films that, uh, that Marvel had released before then. And I would also be remiss if I did not mention a little uh, nugget that I did not mention when I first talked, when I was talking about the first Blade. And that was the brief appearance by director Stephen Norrington as Morbius, the living vampire. There was a brief blink-and-you-miss-it moment of Morbius chowing down on on a poor girl's neck. And he looks up, bares his fangs, gives a little growl. That's Stephen Norrington, and he was playing Morbius. So that was the first time that Morbius made it to the big screen, and... As we're going to see throughout, uh, as 2021 comes to an end, will not be the last time that he would have been there. But that's a different story for a different time. Because in 2002, I still can't believe that's almost 20 years ago right now, we were given Blade 2. And once again, David S. Goyer was the writer on this one. But the directing duties were handed off to Guillermo del Toro. And Del Toro brought such an awesome feel to this to this property. Really enjoyed Blade, but Blade 2 is overall a better film. And a big part of it is Del Toro's eye. He, he brought just such an awesome scope. And the design of the characters that we're going to meet in this one, Reapers, um, it's fascinating. They're just amazing to look at. And we get a little glimpse, a glimpse of them at the very beginning of, of the movie. But it opens up after the prologue. We get into the meat of, of the story. And a big part of it, part of Act 1, is all about 
the rescuing and reviving of Abraham Whistler, Chris Christopherson's character. Now, I loved him in the first one, but I feel like with the second one, they missed an opportunity here because what we should have gotten was Blade on his own and or working with a character like Scud, Norman Reedus's character, who was a someone who had some of his own expertise to, to bring to the table. But at the same time, he was in the shadow of Abraham Whistler. And that would have been a really cool dynamic to see. However, they just kind of put that to the side and just brought back Whistler. And I love Chris Christopherson. I love the character of Abraham Whistler, but I feel like he should have stayed dead because I feel like bringing him back here to only do a little bit, I feel like it kind of did him a little bit of an injustice. I feel like it uh, cheapened the the che- it cheapened the death scene that he had in that first film. And as we're going to see in the third film, it's really just it it just wasn't worth it to have him get brought back in this and then just get put in a similar situation. So I feel like in that sense, like he should have stayed dead and it would have been really interesting to kind of see the character of Blade really kind of not quite lost without Whistler, but definitely missing him and feeling like the only real kind of companionship that he's going to have is with other vampires. And then you have this wonderful chemistry between him and Reinhardt, played by the always awesome Ron Perlman. And they're back and forth. This is a really fun film. And there's a lot of deeper elements. There was a big father-son tragedy that goes on as this one unfolds. As I said before, the look and feel of the characters, the Reapers, is just amazing. I would definitely say give this one a look. I feel like it is, if I were to rank them, it was better than Blade, almost as good as 2000's X-Men. I might even be tempted to kind of notch that one up a little further so that way uh, Blade 2 is on a higher ranking than X-Men, probably just mainly because of what Del Toro was able to bring. Really, really fun, very exciting sequel that, does exactly what a sequel is supposed to do. It raises the stakes. It it broadens the universe that you're in. It gives your main character something to really kind of sink his teeth into, no pun intended, and it is vampires. Overall, I would say, yeah, definitely go ahead and take a look at it. What we had no idea about, though, was how big the whole comic book genre was going to be just a couple months later. And I'm really, really excited to talk about that. So not to completely disregard Blade 2, definitely go ahead and see it, really enjoy it, and allow yourself to get lost in, in Del Toro's take on this pretty awesome world of vampires. But we got quite a bit more to talk about and a lot to talk about in tomorrow's episodes. Now, one thing that I definitely want to make sure that that I've come through on when it comes to what I say that I will be doing on this show by collecting all of the different comments that people are posting about all these different movies, I get to read those comments live on the air. And in the past couple of days, I had covered Blade, X-Men, and Blade 2. And Ian John chimed in 
with a little bit about all three of those. And he said simply, I loved all three of these. X-Men held a special place for me because of the 90s Saturday morning cartoon. The movie pretty clearly took a lot of beats from the cartoon. Between a young female member being our introduction to the team to the actual lineup of heroes and villains. Blade 1 and 2 were some of Wesley Snipes at his best and most engaged, I think. I remember when I saw Blade thinking it was for vampires in the 90s, what Lost Boys was in the 80s. Excellent analogy there. The sequel was just a great horror action movie in the vein of Aliens. I don't know that we're ever going to see a true superhero trilogy nail it now that Marvel seems intent on telling an eternal, no pun intended, story, and everyone else seems intent on trying to copy Marvel for a payday. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about that, and I'll be happy to delve a little bit further into that when we get to the season finale way down the road. But thank you so much, Ian, for posting that, and if you have any sort of any thoughts about the movies that we've covered, the movies that we will be covering, please feel free to go to the Facebook page for the show, facebook.com slash rockduckatillyard. Looking forward to your feedback and really looking forward to tomorrow where we get to talk about the long-awaited debut of Spider-Man. And until then, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward and excelsior. I'll see you then.